Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of the Royal Ramble on this beautiful Saturday. Uh, that is uh, Impact Presents Slammiversary, uh, which is tonight. It is one of their premier events in the St. Clair College out of beautiful Windsor, Ontario. And uh, it's uh, it's weird to do a podcast and, uh, and preview for a Saturday show, but I guess that's become more of the norm uh, lately. Uh, and with that, I welcome one of the friends of the show. Uh, he is Slam Wrestling's Bob Kapoor. Bob, welcome back. Hey, thanks, Blaine. Thanks for having me. Uh, so being that impact, uh, the Slammiversary event is so close to home uh, in Windsor. Are you going to be attending? I can't. Unfortunately, I have family obligations, so I won't be able to travel this weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wish I could be there. This is, you know, it's the big homecoming, particularly for... You know, a lot of the Impact crew and certainly Scott Demore, the Impact president, who uh, you know certainly made his bones in Windsor and owns a successful school there and his own company. So I wish I could be there, but uh, I won't be. It's also a chance for me to go visit some longtime friends of mine. Tracy Brooks uh, will be there as well. Mm-hmm. So I was chatting with her just the other day. It's uh, regretful I won't be able to make it this time, but I'm wishing everyone safe travels and a safe uh, and good show. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I mentioned right at the start there that it's uh, it's an unusual uh, day for pay-per-view, especially for Impact on a Saturday. Usually their plus specials are on the Saturday, but pay-per-views are usually on Sunday. Is that a wise decision, do you think, especially going up against AEW Collision the same night? I think if you're going to watch an Impact pay-per-view, you're going to watch an Impact pay-per-view regardless, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't know that it's a big deal. I think for them, part of the thinking might be well, number one, it's out of St. Clair College, so I'm not sure if the college is open in this in the summer or if they have if they need the facility for something else. I think the other consideration is, you know, flights for the talent and things that they have to, you know, might be a little easier to get them there on the weekend. And then from a taping schedule, because they do the TV tapings afterwards, I have to imagine it's easier for them to do taping in front of a crowd on a Sunday as opposed to a Monday. That's a that's a very good point. So I, I didn't all, even think about that. Yeah, so I think all yeah I think all of those things play into the decision. But you know, a lot as you said, a lot of the major companies are running shows on Saturday now, and even pay per view events. WWE's I think gone exclusively this Saturdays. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's just sort of hey, this is the new normal. So uh, looking at the card, it uh, looks like a pretty stacked one. I actually voted for last year's Slammiversary as pay per view of the year. I thought it was fantastic. I'm not as enthused about this one uh, just because of the all the moving pieces. Like Injuries have un- unfortunately uh, affected some of the ongoing storylines. Um, but, I mean, looking at uh, match by match, uh, in, in terms of match by match, it looks like a pretty strong card regardless. And uh, we'll, so we'll start our preview with the Ultimate X match. Uh, it's become one of the staples of this event. Uh, it is uh, to determine a number one contender for the X Division title. There are five guys in the match, including uh, Speedball Mike Bailey, Jonathan Gresham, Kevin Knight, Kushida, and Alan Angels. For, firstly, do you think Ultimate X should be an exclusivity for Slammiversary? Uh, I don't know if it should be exclusive to Slammiversary, but I think you you don't want to use it too frequently, right? You want mm-hmm. it to feel like a special match, whether you do it at, you know, Slammiversary or at another event. 
uh, I think it can work, but uh, you know, part of it is, does it make sense for, you know, the, do you have the right people in it to put on a good match, and does it make sense in terms of all the other storylines? Mm-hmm. And Ultimate X is a good way to sort of bring in all the talents, but also have tell, uh, you know, side stories in the match as well. Mm-hmm. And and just looking at those five individuals, uh, who would you say makes the most sense as the most logical victor in that match? Mm-hmm. So I think Kushida is the right call. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Gresham and Bailey, they've been in the mix you know, for the X title recently, I think you want to freshen things up. I don't think that Kevin Knight or Angels are seen as, you know, being at championship level yet. Uh, and But I think, and I think Kushida, you've got some interesting storylines, right? Because him and Saban have a history. They have a common friend and partner in Alex Shelley. So I think yeah. it could be an interesting uh, match between those two and potentially, you know, throw in, Shelly in the mix as well to you know is he the wedge is he mm-hmm. you know if they if they want to uh, you know spin it off into that sort of story so yeah. I think uh, my pick is Kushida yeah that's very interesting do you do you think there's a chance though that they might give it to Bailey just because of the Canadian home field advantage I think they could I think that uh, him and Gresham I you know I like I think the stuff that they do together is magic so I would mm-hmm. rather see them just compete even without the, the title necessarily. But I think uh, Kushida going on with the title was an interesting, like a little more interesting thing to where he challenges Saban. I know I'm a little surprised with Gresham and Bailey that they weren't placed as a tag team in, in the tag title match. Uh, I think that would have made a, lot, a little more sense because I think they both advanced past the point of, of doing an Ultimate X at this point. Yeah, uh, could be. Um, that said, if you're going to have, if you need to fill the the, the you know, the roster for the Ultimate X match, there's no two better guys to put in there. It's interesting because, you know, Bailey certainly, I think, his style lends itself more to an Ultimate Max than maybe Gresham does, but mm-hmm. the, they should at least be able to, you know, work with everyone else too and put on a really good, good match. Also on the show is the knockout tag title match. It'll be the Coven team of Taylor Wilde and Kylan King. Uh, versus the team of Kelly, Kelly or sorry, Killer Kelly and Masha Slamovich. Uh, it's kind of a makeshift team. And, you know, normally, and, and I've been very outspoken about this, I'm not a fan of makeshift teams at all, especially ones that where the tag team partners don't get along. But I think in this case, in this particular case, it makes more sense just because uh, Killer Kelly and Masha are both very unstable type characters. Uh, so I don't think they would have a problem uh, coexisting. And they've been such great opponents and, and rivals that I think that kind of dynamic uh, works its way into the program. Uh, what do you think of that, and do you think we're getting new t- champions here? Yeah, I agree. I think the dynamic works. I think, you know, as you said, I'm kind of with you, these makeshift teams. I don't like them beating a, you know, a, sort of a familiar team or a team that's got an experience together. But these two knockouts are I think diff, like a different level than most others and I think that they can really you know they're two of my favorite performers just because of their you know, their styles mm-hmm. and I think that they could probably even grudgingly put aside their differences or you know work together because I don't think that they're necessarily motivated by you know sort of uh, the heel face dynamic I think they're just out to beat up everybody and together I think if, they, if they'll focus on whoever's in front of them and, and go ahead and maul. And I, I picked them to, uh, to end up as a new champs. 
the the singles program between Eddie Edwards and Kazarian, I, I think honestly has been very underwhelming to me. Like especially like I, I don't think these guys have either each of them have been really involved with anything that's been that's really grabbed my attention um, in the last like re, in recent years. Um, I, I guess there's a little bit of a connection there with as you said Tracy Brooks in Kazarian's corner. Uh, are you looking for this match to be anything spectacular, or, or like where do you see this going from here? Yeah, so feud-wise, I agree with you. I don't know that either one of them has been... I mean, Eddie's had some major feuds, right? He was the leader of the honor no more mm-hmm. for a while, but I find a lot of his matches are, are the same, and except when he's doing like some of the hardcore stuff. Kazarian, isn't, you're never going to have a bad match with him. He can work with everybody and, and make it a compelling match. Storyline-wise, probably not my favorite... Um, one of the night, yeah. But I think the the match will be the match will be fine. It'll be you know fine to good because I think Kazarian will have a you know put on a good performance. Really, this is about uh, Tracy's return, and you know uh, I'm sure that she's going to get in the mix with uh, Alicia on the outside. And at the end of the day, I think that that's you know with her as the equalizer, so to speak. I think that gives uh, Kazarian the win. Yeah, like, uh, I mean, match-wise, of course, I agree with you. Uh, it should be outstanding. Uh, these guys rarely have a bad match, especially with each other. Um, and, and it kind of makes sense because they're kind of, um, I, I, think it's, I think it's even, uh, the score is even between the two uh, in recent matches. Uh, so this is kind of the rubber match. Um, but I, I'm just not really interested in the storyline. Like, I, I don't, I'm not really fully invested in either character, and I think that's what's hurting the match for me. Um, but I guess the follow-up, do you see this leading to some kind of mixed tag with, with Tracy stepping in there and they're back in the ring? I don't know. I mean, she's made, she's made it pretty clear that she doesn't think she can go in the ring anymore. I guess we'll see, you know, if she gets, if she gets that itch again and she thinks she's capable of doing it, it'd be fun to see her back competing. You know, Tracy was always, she, when you think of, um, the history of the company, this is a perfect time to showcase her. Uh, whether or not they extend that beyond Slammiversary remains to be seen. Maybe they'll, she might do something at the TV taping, but mm-hmm. I can't see I can't see her doing anything long term or more than just a one off uh, match if she maybe does that. And then uh, we talked a, a little bit about the uh, four way match for the tag team titles, the men's tag titles. Uh, you know, it, it's interesting to me because they tease this thing with the Rascals uh, and the ABC uh, of Bullet Club. Uh, a few weeks ago, and then and then this past week, uh, you had Zachary Wentz in his first match back, uh, defeating Chris Bay, and then they're just not in the match. Like that doesn't that didn't really make sense to me. Uh, I think, firstly, that match is actually more compelling than this one, uh, just a two on two match, uh, and secondly, two of these teams aren't even really teams, so I don't get that at all. Like I think it should have been two and two uh, two on two. And uh, also, do you see the Rascals somehow getting into this match anyway? Yeah, so I made my picks for Slam, and this is that was before uh, last night's, um, you know, the, the twist from last night. So I would probably change my answer now, because uh, I picked Subculture to win, because I think they are a team, and I think that they can have a great uh, feud with ABC going forward. But with the Rascals added to the mix, and particularly with last night's uh, you know, turn of events, I wouldn't be surprised to see if the Rascals come in and disrupt the entire match and, you know, either have it thrown out, which would be a really bad way to end it, mm-hmm. uh, or, you know, they ABC uh, retains and then they 
have a spinoff feud with the Rascals. And then uh, we we spoke uh, also earlier about the X Division number one contenders match. Uh, that title is also on the line with Chris Sabin defending against Leo Rush. Do you feel as if, and they kind of brought it, they kind of addressed it on TV this week, do you feel as if Leo Rush is being rushed, pun intended, to the title picture here? Yeah, I do. And I'll be honest, I, I just don't get Leo Rush. I don't get the, the hype behind him. Mm-hmm. I think he's he's fine, but uh, no, I, I'm, not a, I'm not his biggest fan, just because, you know, not, nothing personal against him. I just right. don't get it, and I don't know why they would... I don't think that they would put the title on him yeah. uh, this quickly. And certainly Saban with his history in Windsor, this seems to be his night that he should get that night to, to win. And I, you know, I think win without uh, any controversy, uh, you know, win defending the you, you know, you and I have talked a little bit about in the, in the SNME group about the dynamic of a smaller heel challenging a bigger baby face. Um, and we, we discussed that with Rhea and, um, and Raquel but I think here it might be even more noticeable. And and this is one instance where I think I would agree with you. Leo Rush is just too, like, it's not even that he's just too small, because there have been guys that of that size where it's believable that he could hang with, like, a Chris Saban and be a, a reasonable threat. But with Leo Rush, I just don't see anything threatening about him at all. Yeah, like, I, I don't want to see a wrestler who, it looks, you know, who I think, if I see him, I could beat him up. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying I could, but I think, you know, I, but looking at him, I think I could. And that doesn't speak, scream to be his champion. And I, you know, frankly, I don't think he's got the, I think it can work, you know, Piper Hogan, because you had Piper as such a great antagonist and, and the promo skills, and he can needle the crowd and needle his opponents. Mm-hmm. I don't get that from Leo Rush. I just don't think that he's as big a deal as he might think he is or that others might think he is. Yeah. And, and one thing I'm going to bring up here, and, and I'll address this in a later uh, prediction for the show uh, later on, is the uh, whole uh, option C uh, thing. I don't think Leo Rush is the per- is the guy to use for that. I think that would best be suited for like a Chris Saban, uh, who's a veteran of the of the company and also has has exercised that option and successfully cashed it in before. Uh, so I think that is something to consider as well. For sure. I also think, you know, the Saban remaining as champion, if, if my prediction of Kushida comes true, then mm-hmm. I think, again, that's the better story is Kushida challenging Saban for that for that title, right, given their yeah, history that makes and, sense. and whatnot. Yeah, and then uh, one of the matches that has been presented as kind of like the co-feature bout uh, of this pay-per-view is the big tag match with Scott Demore stepping back into the ring uh, he was supposed to team with PCO against Bully Ray and Steve Macklin, but of course, unfortunately, Steve Macklin had to pull out due to a legitimate injury. Uh, and then PCO was just written out in the, of the storyline. Um, I'm not sure exactly why that why that decision was made. And then, um, of course, Diener stepped in as Bully Ray's new tag team partner, and Demore teased on uh, Impact this week about a reunion with Team Canada. And the first, I, I got to be honest here, uh, Bob, the first thing that popped into my mind was Petey Williams, because he's from Windsor. But then it occurred to me that he's still under WWE contract, I guess, as, as an agent. Um, yeah, that's right. And then, of course, it dawned on me, Eric Young could be that, that um, partner. Uh, which I guess, uh, like, I didn't think of this at first, but it makes sense in in the in the sense that Diener was the guy that effectively killed off his character to begin with. Yeah, and if you watch the uh, the closing segment 
last night or with uh, Scott Demore where he you know was on the phone and, and basically he asked the the person on the other end you know PCO is not going to come back to life mm-hmm. can you right and then they tease the Team Canada jersey right and Eric Young is to me the most obvious one I mean it would be a It'd be a big disappointment if it's A1. <laughs> I, love, I, I love Al, but, you know, let's be honest, I don't know that people remember him as the... I don't think anybody would remember him. <laughs> as the hallmark of, of Team Canada. Uh, so Eric Young seems to be an obvious one. And, you know, I don't know Eric's situation with, with WWE because he, you know, he was uh, reportedly signed with WWE and right. was supposed to be involved in the Bray Wyatt, uh, you know, renewed Bray Wyatt character as potentially as one of the uncles, but hasn't been on TV, right? So is he is he free? Could he make it? it? It's interesting because that kind of tease, you think, well, it's a bit too obvious, isn't it? Like, should they be teasing someone else? Right. And I, I mean, the only other person I can think of is Bobby Roode, but I, you know, I, I you know, he's injured and still, I don't think there's any doubt of as to his WWE contract status. Mm-hmm. So they seem to be leaning towards uh, Eric Young. If it's a tease, I hope, that they can live up to that, you know, to the expectations. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a shame though that you know, and, and I like Tina, and I think Tina's a great talent. Uh, they're trying to make lemon you know, lemonade out of lemons, right? Right. Uh, it's you know to come up sort of manufacture the you know retcon a, a feud or a, you know hatred between him and Demore. It's it's it rings as hollow. Uh, you probably would say in any other circumstances you just scrap the match and defer it. But you're not going to do that with the more coming back to Windsor to wrestle. Yeah, exactly. Make, makes perfect sense. Uh, so, kind of a two-part question here. Firstly, given the injury to Steve Macklin, do you feel that they should have instead converted this into a one-on-one match with Billy Ray against Scott Demore? Uh, and second, like I, I think that would have been just as compelling. Uh, but secondly, because because it seems like they're kind of um, working, playing two angles here at once. Um, and secondly. If Eric Young, assuming that he's coming back as a babyface, do you think that a character change is, is needed here? Well, I mean, certainly, because when he left, he was a leader of, you know, uh, design. design, or violent by design. So he can't come back and take that position again. Mm-hmm. I think he comes back as, and I don't think he comes back as Super Eric, mm-hmm. but I think he comes back as Eric Young, you know, the way he was before founding the uh, violent by design, but just as a babyface. And, uh, you know, I think that's that's what they do. And they give him that sort of that rough edge. And they maybe a little bit of the crazy, but not entirely, like, mm-hmm. you know, um, fanatical. But uh, just the rough Eric Young wrestler that he that he can he can do. In terms of making it a singles match, I don't know that that's a good idea. I don't know if Scott can do a full match, right? God love mm-hmm. him. But he's been out of the business. You know, he's done the... Understood. He can do the he can he can do the fights and like he did that Canadian destroyer, uh, but could he do a full match like hardcore style against Bully Ray? I don't think so, and I don't I don't think that he thinks so to the point where he would be mm-hmm. comfortable doing that on a, the biggest show of the year. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense, and I I was thinking more like not really being a competitive match, but like all Demore really needs to do is sell for Bully the, the whole match, and then maybe have like one or two hope spots or something near the end. Yeah, I think though you want to have you want him to have the win, right? Right. And as a, in a tag team, you can do that, but I don't know that you could do that in a singles match. And I think the you know I don't know if you're gonna see the signs like if Scott Demore or if Demore loses, we riot. But mm-hmm. it would be a I think suck the air out of the crowd if you know Demore loses in front of his hometown. 
Yeah, um, I think the most interesting thing will be what how they follow this up, uh, like what comes out of this, because uh, I think they could go m multiple directions here. Uh, firstly, I think a, I wouldn't be opposed to a Bully Ray and Eric Young feud coming out of this, especially if Young ends up assisting Demore getting the victory. I think uh, it might lead to possibly a like a, a monster ball or something at Bound for Glory. Um, to be honest, Eric Young versus Diener doesn't really do much for me. Uh, I can see that maybe like as an Impact Plus special match, but yeah, that, that they definitely need to, to, I guess, finalize that angle. Yeah, I, I mean, they, if it's Eric Young, they could they could close the chapter with Diener in this match. They don't necessarily need to go forward. The other option, right, is you know Darren McCarty, who's the referee for this match. Mm -hmm. He's he's got wrestling experience. Could they do something with him and Bully Ray? just to tide it over until, you know, and be sort of Demore's proxy in a feud going forward so that we could kind of have those matches and Demore could, you know, not uh, wrestle, you know, a full match or anything, but still be involved in, in that kind of thing. Because mm -hmm. McCarty, you know, has got like some wrestling experience and he's a legit tough guy. So as I was uh, as I was doing my writing the notes for my preview here, and I almost completely forgot about this match because I think it is it is very forgettable, and that's the knockout singles title match uh, with Diana Perrazzo being challenged by Trinity. Uh, I'm not really a fan of them bringing in a w a former WWE person and then just kind of like having them leapfrog over the competition into the knockout uh, title picture. But in this case, I guess it makes sense because of the lack of competition. You don't have a Taya Valkyrie anymore. You don't have a Tennille Dashwood. There's no Jordan Grace. Uh, so Trinity is really all that's left. So my question to you, Bob, is like, wh whoever wins this match, like, what do you even do next? Yeah, well, first I will fight you when you say that anything involving Deanna Parazzo is forgettable. <laughs> she is, uh, like, to me, she is the best talent on the roster. Mm -hmm. Or not in any division. Like, she's just... So so good. Uh, you're right. There's a dearth of, uh, or there's yeah, there's a dearth of talent right now in the in the knockouts division in terms of singles uh, stars. I don't know what, where you go from there. I guess you could do the rematches. Uh, you've got you know Jody Threats sort of up and coming. I think mm. you could do something with her uh, to you know, and she certainly got some momentum. Uh, if you know you could if the uh, what do you call the uh, the coven if they lose their titles yeah. did they get a rematch or maybe did they split their go their separate ways because impact isn't afraid to in the knockouts division yeah. to have tag team competitors go after singles titles and vice versa right uh, I think in this case it makes sense given you know the momentum Trinity has and and sort of the name she brings I know you don't like it but I think the right call is to you know keep the momentum going keep the steam mm -hmm. building and, and have her win the title and Deanna is never going to be you know that's never going to be a burial right it's never going to be well Deanna's going to go back to the you know to the back of the line because I think mm -hmm. she's always going to be seen as a per perennial uh, challenger for the title absolutely um with Trinity I, I just never found her to be like I, I always thought of her more as a character than an in-ring performer I, and and to be honest, I like I never found her character work either to be that compelling. Um, but I think that said, this Impact run is probably the best run of of her career in my opinion. I think she's done a fantastic job. Um, it's just not like it's it's, it's just unfortunate timing uh, because as I said, there's there's kind of a drought in the women's division at the moment. 
and these really are the only two that are left that could could have like a marketable match. Um, I suppose, and you mentioned breaking up a tag team. Firstly, I don't think it's necessary, and I've always said this, for Impact especially to have a knockout tag division when they barely have a singles division. Um, but if they're going to break up a tag team, I think one person that could step up into that main event title picture is Masha Slamovich. I think she had fantastic matches with Jordan Grace at the beginning of the year and, and at the end of last year. Uh, and it would be full circle if she gets a title match and wins the title at Bound for Glory this year. Um, it would be a full circle uh, from her previous title match last year. Yeah, it boggles my mind that they didn't give her the title when she did, right? They had her as a juggernaut going mm-hmm. through, like steamrolling through everybody. And then they had her lose some title matches. Like, why would you do that? Because, you know, now you're kind of not necessarily setting her, but you stop that momentum. You know, it's, I said, don't Cody Rhodes her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, then, and then that's what they did. Uh, and, you know, now she's, I don't think she's struggling to be, you know, still make an impact, part of the pun. But having her in the in the feud with Hillary Kelly and now challenging with the tag team titles, I don't know that that was the best, you know, the maximum use for her. Uh, right. But yeah, they could always have her go after, you know, whoever the champion is at the end. It's just a matter of, well, now we have to retell that story and maybe course correct. And then, of course, is the big one, the main event title match, Nick Aldis challenging Alex Shelley. Um Firstly, what have you thought of the title run thus far of Alex Shelley? I think it's been fine. I wouldn't say he's, you know, lit the world on fire, but it's been a fine title reign, and I think it was a, you know, a nice fairy tale ending for him to win the title after mm-hmm. so many years, and particularly being, you know, an Impact original. Uh, I don't think though that he's on the level of Aldis in terms of being seen as a single star, and I think that uh, Aldis has a different level of credibility as a champion. Uh, he's my pick, I think. And again, another situation where don't uh, don't Cody Rhodes the story, right? He's on a roll. The right ending, the sensible ending, and logical conclusion is for him to walk away as champ. Yeah, and uh, so I had two scenarios running through my head. Uh, this one could go either way. I think I think you're right. Nick Aldis is definitely the guy to market your company around um, and and possibly give the title here. Uh, but I thought of a couple of different scenarios. Firstly, given the, the I guess, size of Impact's roster, I think the most marketable match right now, depending on the ETA of his recovery time, Josh Alexander versus Nick Aldis for Down for Glory. Uh, I think that would be the most logical world title uh, program. But with Alex Shelley, I'd see an even more compelling storyline because... I think there's something to do with the machine gun split. I think, like you said, they could either have him be in the middle between Saban and Kushida, or because of the option C thing that I brought up earlier, you have Chris Saban, uh, after Shelley loses the title, Chris Saban exercises his option C to challenge Aldis and then and plants the seeds of jealousy in Shelley's head. He costs his partner the, the uh, title match. And then the two of them have a match, a singles match at Bound for Glory. Or um, you have Shelley retain, and Saban uses his option C to challenge his former partner. Yeah, I mean, all of those are, you know, interesting interesting ideas. And I think that you could make any, you know, any of, any of those could work. Uh, that's what, you know, that's why I kind of like, well, I guess, wrestling in general, right? Is there's so many possibilities in this match. 
there's a few ways to go. I love the idea of you know Josh coming back and hope you know, hope for enough recovery and a full recovery to do that. But I think Josh and Aldis is is more money in my mind than Saban versus Shelley mm-hmm. or any other combination of you know Shelley versus Aldis or Saban versus Aldis. But you know I guess as you said injuries at the top of the call. You said injuries have played some havoc on on what's going to happen. So you got to deal with the uh, you know cards that you're play the cards that you're dealt. Mm-hmm. I think all this is as champion is is better in the long run and even better potentially even in the short run. So that is Impact Slammiversary. It is tonight in Windsor, Ontario at St. Clair College. I want to thank Bob Kapoor for joining me. Uh, Bob, before we wrap for another week, anything to plug? Uh, well, you can read uh, all the predictions from me and all the other writers at slamwrestling.net. I've got an interview that I just did with Joe Henry, who will be on the pre-show for uh, Slammiversary on the Countdown Show. That's up there. And, yeah, Slam Wrestling for all your pro wrestling journalism needs. That's really it. You can hit me up on the Twitter at, uh, I think it's at Read Bob's Tweets. And I sometimes throw some wrestling up there. Otherwise, it's just other nonsense. And are you on threads as well? No, I don't. I, that's a young person's <laughs> game. Uh, I do the Facebook. I think I'm on Instagram uh, at Bob Kapoor. And then the Facebook, I'm always on the SNME boards. And I, you know, you can read my ranting and raving about uh, various TV shows as they are airing on that <laughs> on that forum, as you well know. So that's Impact Slammiversary for you. I will be back uh, to talk about the ROH pay-per-view coming up. Until then, I leave you with an ABC-ya.